I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Um, except sitting in for Boyd Matheson today is me, Leah Murray, and my friend Taylor Morgan. As we're chatting about all, we're, things. we're still friends. We're we're into I hour two now, right? I always say you're my friend, and you always yeah. say co-host. So I don't know how you oh, feel about me, but friends. I put we're you friends. in the friend yeah. zone, right? All right, so let's have a conversation now about occupational licensing reform. Um, And we've got with us Shoshana Weissman, who is a fellow at the R Street Institute, where she actually works on this issue, among other things. Welcome to the show, Shoshana. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I'm just going to say, Utah's got some licensing reforms. Um, There were legislation last year. I'm not sure what we're talking about. So I'm wondering, Shoshana, as you're the expert, can you let us all know what we mean and what is the concern around occupational licensing? Yeah, for sure. So the big picture is that, you know, you don't want the government saying you can't do a job unless there's a really good reason. So it's kind of crazy because in Louisiana, you have to have a license to be a florist for no reason. It's the only state that does it. But um, the very real outcome of it is that years ago, there was a woman who couldn't pass the exams and who was judged poorly by other licensed florists who had to approve her. So um, eventually she wasn't able to do the only work she knew. She was an elderly widow. And when she died, she was in poverty because government wouldn't let her work. And that's just not something that we should allow in America. We should be trying to make sure that unless there's a really good reason that people are are able to do their jobs. Mm. Um, And also, um, if you move from one state to another, you should be able to continue doing that job. Utah's done really, really good there. Ohio recently did the same thing. It's called universal licensing recognition, where if you move to a state, your license can be recognized after a short process and you can get back to work. So Utah has been doing really well. Spencer Cox has been leading here. It was his first executive order, and he did it really well. And his team's been doing really great on it. So it's exciting to see Utah doing so well here. Yeah, I I just pulled up uh, the Utah State website that lists out all of the occupational licenses required just to make sure that there I don't need a license to be a part-time live radio host. And I think <laughs> I'm in the clear. But I couldn't help but noticing, uh, Shoshana, that – there's a few on here that that seem a little bit silly. You have to interior design. It requires yeah. an occupational license here in Utah. Acupuncture requires uh, a uh, occup- occupational license. Uh, you know, there are some things on here that seem obvious. Uh, you know, funeral service, nursing, dentistry. Those seem obvious. But then also handyman. You have to have an occupational license in Utah to be a handyman. 
Uh, I might have to look into that. Yeah, Shoshana, I'm wondering, just on what Taylor's talking about, I wanted to probe on that. So you kind of gave the answer florist, which I totally think I'm with you. If someone can make nice flowers, designs, hold on. Have you ever ordered flowers for your significant other on Valentine's Day and they're terrible? Right, but that doesn't seem to need a license, right? So I'm wondering, Shoshana, on the other end of the spectrum, right? So we've got one that seems like this is ridiculous that in Louisiana you need a license to make flower designs. What would be something that seems to be, you know, ubiquitously obvious that we should all have a license? Yeah. So with, um, you know, with doctors, with nurses, I'm all for licensing there, but there's still progress to be made, making sure that if a doctor moves from one state to another, that they can work here. And also it's not just state to state, but it's international. Um, You know, if you, if you watch the office, uh, there's this great line where Michael Scott has an immigrant working for him. And he says from his humble beginnings as a prominent surgeon in his home country. (laughs) And it's like, really like, that's how we treat people here. And if they were a surgeon, maybe they're standards aren't up to ours, but maybe they could be something that's, you know, approaching doctor. Maybe it could be a physician's assistant to start. Maybe they have to catch up on some training. But when someone moves from one country to here or one state to here, we should place them in at the level that they're ready. State to state, it's pretty much even for the most part. But from country to country, there's so much opportunity to make sure we don't have people here with amazing skills who can't work for absolutely no reason. All right, so Shoshana, I understand you heard said earlier you like what Spencer Cox, our governor, did, right? Like you're happy. So is Utah perfect or are there some reforms that you could see Utah doing some things better? A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, absolutely. Almost every state, I mean, every state has stuff to do. I would be, like, very happy if Utah stopped uh, licensing upholsterers. Um, I'm a seamstress. I sew in my free time. Um, I stuck myself with a needle a couple of times, but, like, that was, like, the worst of it. Um, And if someone does a really bad job at sewing or upholstering, like, there's fixes. I don't think you need a license for that one. Um, also, milk samplers. Not. I, I feel like you, that's something that you can get maybe training for through the job, and like it doesn't have to be a, a government thing necessarily. And there's also a lot of tiers of contractors. I'd rather fewer licenses, so you don't have to, to you know have all these licenses to do one job, but just you know pare that down a little bit. Um, there's also some reforms um, to allow veterans to work a little bit easier. A lot of times it's really sad that people get great military training and um, and they can't come out of the military and do that same job. Even if they have just as much training, we just don't have systems to match their skills, match their titles. And I think that if we could do that, there'd be a lot of people coming out of the military who could get to work and um, who we wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be a short-sighted process where we, we um, hamstring their ability to work. You know, we should care yeah. about our veterans. Sure, and then yeah. Immigrants, Go ahead. Yeah, for me, 
it's just immigrants, veterans, and oddly enough, people coming out of the justice system. They all kind of have this same skill matching problem. Yeah. And to include in that group, uh, I I will add the refugee community here in Utah. Yeah. We have a very large, very robust uh, refugee community, the state. Uh, Utah does a really great job of uh, providing resources and education and access uh, to uh, job training and employment for our, our refugees here in Utah. And I would imagine that uh, limiting uh, those kind of uh, barriers uh, to them entering these uh, occupations will be very helpful. Uh, Shoshana, last year, the Utah legislature passed Senate Bill 16, uh, which established uh, an Office of Occupational and Professional Lic- Licensure Review. Uh, are you familiar with that legislation and, and what how this office could potentially have an impact on these uh, licenses? Yeah, I've actually worked with the office a little bit. I really like the people they chose. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Utah generally. I love the Wasatch. I know everyone claims the Wasatch Front gets all the attention, but I really love the Wasatch. And, um, and I really like a lot of the elected leaders. I think that everyone's been really smart about the way they went about this. Um, and, and Cox's leadership here, too, um, his team is focused on making something that's sustainable. A lot of times when you have these uh, commissions that try to get together and review licenses or any kind of regulation, um, it's, it's called sunsetting. Sometimes you try to make it so the license or the regulation goes away if it's not needed. But it's really common that people look at it and go, ah, oh, whatever, we'll keep it. Like, whatever, we'll just, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. If it's the, there, the, keep it there. Yeah, What's, path yeah. dependence, right. Yeah, but the way they set it up is a lot more intensive. There's a lot more methods in it that will make sure that that probably doesn't happen, which is something that's really hard to do. I had even talked to them saying, hey, I'm a little concerned, you know, this is something that I've seen happen a lot, but they have they have these really great processes to make sure that there's actual review, that there's actual like levels of review through different people who have incentive to reform. And it's something that's really hard to accomplish, but I give them huge amounts of credit for being able to make this happen because it will mean, you know, does this license need to exist in this way? Are there lower barriers that might be more effective? Just a quick example, a lot of salons, um, when there are studies that show they have super high rates of infection. So, okay, well, licensing isn't solving that problem. Um, what about more health inspections? That might be the better barrier to make mm, people yeah. safe. So there's different ways to think about it, and they're set up for success here in a way that is really hard to do and that I'm really excited that they've been able to do. Okay, Shoshana Weissman, a fellow at the R Street Institute, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I like really am interested in this, especially the thing that she didn't talk about, but I I think we would have if we had more time, is we have labor shortages, right, all over the place, right? And there's an article in the Deseret News that cites cites data that says 60% of Utahns are worried about that. So my goodness, we should make the barriers to entry... Right. If we don't have enough, like enough filled jobs, like we have unfulfilled jobs, we should make the barriers to entry easier. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure that I love the notion that uh, in order to limit the barriers, we create a new office in state government to review uh, the licensure requirements. It seems you like you think it should be the Taylor Morgan Commission. I, well, um, it, it, look, anytime <laughs> we create more government to try to limit government, I, I start to scratch my head a little. All bit. right, coming up after the break, is it time to start thinking about big tech like it is big tobacco? Brad Wilcox from the American Enterprise Institute joins us next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. 
started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.